0: We're in a season where, man, you need God. You need to connect with God. We're also in a season where you need to connect with others. And as long, this has been dragging on. Uh, in California, we're on day 150 of the Safer at Home order. And it's gotten tighter. It could get tighter again. And what you need in times like this is you need people. You really need people. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. Start a Q group, get an Isaiah journal, share together. I think you're going to have some of the best discussions you could have. Uh, And it's a way to connect with God and connect with others. But I want to ask you a question. As this is dragging on, as we're at a place where it almost seems like there's no end in sight, and Some of the doctors are saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. How are you doing? How are you doing right now? Uh, Are you drained? Are you tired? Are you burned out? Uh, Are you thinking, man, I just want it to be over? Um, And you know what? Right now, maybe some of you are feeling like I can't even do one more Zoom meeting, Uh, which by the way, uh, I, I know a lot of people feel that way. I know we're already starting school virtually for vast majority of us. And, and you're thinking, man, that's adding to the stress and adding to the strain and you feel like you're their teacher. You feel like you're doing all the work. Uh, you're, yeah. I I talked to a guy who said, man, I already had enough trouble with my zoom meeting. Now I got to set up my kids zoom meetings. And you know, you think, is it ever going to end? Is it ever going to end? Maybe you're thinking, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I got to say, this is putting strain on our family, strain on my marriage. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the guy who uh, got on a Zoom meeting and uh, everybody else looked at him and said, Oh my goodness, you look horrible. Are you okay? And he goes, Yeah, I'm okay. And then somebody said, Did you wake up grouchy in the morning? And he said, No, I let her sleep. <laughs> Okay. Come on. I let her sleep. I let her sleep. Okay. I think that's funny. I, I really do. Uh, but, but I know too that we are in stressful and uncertain times. Uh, in the area we are in right now, physically, there's been a 16% increase in drug overdoses over this time last year. That's tragic. We're hearing about suicide on the rise. We're hearing in Riverside County, California, Riverside County, California, we've lost more than 100,000 jobs. 100,000 jobs have disappeared. 40% of renters are are, are not confident they're gonna be able to pay next month's rent. 40%. And in times like this, you need strength. In times like this, you need something to lift you up. In times like this, you need to have something beyond you that comes to you that makes a very, very real difference. And here's the thing the Bible says that God does that, God connects with you that way. And then God gives you the Holy Spirit. Now, God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. And God comes to you as the Holy Spirit to give you power. Colossians chapter one says this. We proclaim him, Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me, See, here's what I want to ask you. Could you see that's true of you right now? Could you see that's true of you today, this week, this month, that you are, are striving in this season according to the power of God that mightily works in you? Not just works in you, mightily works in you. And see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and the Holy Spirit fills you, and we're in a series called "The How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit, when that happens, then the promises of Jesus become a reality in your life. I want to look at one of those right now. John 10, verse 10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That thief right now might be in the form of the coronavirus, stealing from people, killing people, destroying things in their lives. And Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now this word abundantly, uh, we talked about it before, is a Greek word and that Greek word is beyond extraordinary. So here's what Jesus said to you. I know there are things that are trying to hurt you, things that are trying to take away from you. I know there are things that are trying to get you down and put you down, but I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna give you an abundant life and I'm gonna have your life not be extraordinary, beyond extraordinary. Beyond extraordinary. And how does that happen? It happens when you have the filling of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about the results tonight. But before we talk about the results, What happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? I want to review something with you, even though you could go back and watch the message on how to be filled. First of all, what we've learned before is the filling of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing. It's continuously happening and happens more than once to people. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20, it says, do not get drunk with wine. That is dissipation. But Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, for always giving thanks for all things In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father. But notice what he said. I want you to be filled. I want you to be filled. And that word filled is in a Greek tense that means continuously happening to you. I want you continuously to be experiencing the filling of the Holy Spirit. So it's to be a continuous thing that happens more than once. The second thing I want you to remember is this. The filling of the Spirit must be sought after. You've got to want it and you've got to go after it. You got to seek. Jesus told us, if we had asked it be given to you, seek and you'll find. You got to seek after this. And so in John chapter 7, 37, it says this. Now, on the last day of the great feast, Jesus, now listen to the question, what he did. He stood, cried out saying, if anyone, by the way, this is for you. If anyone, that includes you, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Are you thirsting for more? You got to thirst for more. You got to want more. And then you got to come to him and drink. And it says, he who believes in me, you got to believe in him. As the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Not just a river, rivers of living water. But this he spoke of, uh, uh, this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him, okay? You got to believe in him. were to receive for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, Jesus has been glorified. So now it's for you. And it's not a river, it's rivers of living water. If you're thirsting for it, if you're wanting it, if you believe in him for it. And so you have to to seek after it, you have to seek after it. So here's the other thing. Uh, We must, if we're gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit and have that continually happening, we must desire to be holy And we must abandon sin and surrender ourselves to God. You got to completely surrender yourself to God. And right now, I want to ask you if that's true of you. Are you completely surrendered to him? In Acts chapter five, verse 32, it says, and we are the witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who God has given to those who obey him. Are you obeying God? Are you doing what God wants you to do? And are you not doing what God does not want you to do? Do you live your life according to thy kingdom come, thy will be done? Is God's kingdom active in your life? And is his will happening in your life? And are you experiencing it? And let me just say this, nobody loves you more than God. Nobody cares about you more than God. Nobody wants more for you than God. And so open up to God and say, you know what? I'm completely surrendered. And if there's something I need to change, God, you show me and I'll change it. Something I need to do, God, show me and I'll do it. And, and, and you want to do that. You want to commit to God. And the other thing is this, for the filling to happen, you not only need to be completely committed to God, believing in Jesus, but you got to ask. You got to ask for the filling. Uh, and I do this all the time. Uh, sometimes once a day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes I stop and go, "Lord, I need a filling right now, and, and you need to ask for it." And it says this: Jesus said, "If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts." In other words, we're not all that good, but we can know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more, beyond extraordinary, will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? To those who ask him. So it's to those who obey him, to those who ask him. To those who obey him, to those who ask him. And so we need to do that. And and I want you to know it's God's will for that to happen. So you can ask believing and trusting it'll occur. In 1 John chapter five, it says this, this is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, and it is God's will to fill you with the Holy Spirit, if you obey him, if you ask him, it's God's will you'll be filled. So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know, that we have the request, which we have asked uh, asked from him. So you know what? Here's the thing. If you obey God and you seek after this and you believe in Jesus, it's God's will to fill you. It is God's will for you to experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I I love this quote. It's from V. Raymond Edmond. V. Raymond Edmond said this, climbing in the spirit is accomplished by kneeling and not by running, by surrender and not by determination. Uh, So by surrendering to God completely, uh, then what happens is you experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. And and here's what I want you to know. When that happens, that filling of the Holy Spirit means something unique was going to happen to you. We don't all experience the same thing. Feeling of the Holy Spirit. So the experience is unique and actually may be different each time it occurs. Uh, uh, so too often, and it's really important. Matter of fact, please don't tune this out. Far too often, people are seeking the filling or the feeling of the Holy Spirit. F-E-E-L-I-N-G, not the filling. And when the filling comes, sometimes you'll have incredible feelings, uh, but you may not. But that doesn't mean it's not there. So it's something very, very unique for you. When we look at church history, we we see something that's true. Hudson Taylor, who experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit, said it is a filling, not a feeling. Uh, Oswald Chambers wrote uh, a popular book, an incredibly popular Christian book called My Utmost for His Highest. Uh, Oswald Chambers Chambers said this. He said, I I knew something wasn't right in my life. I knew I was missing what mattered most. I knew that if this was what Christianity is, Christianity couldn't be really real. But for four years, I, I labored under that. For four years, I knew something wasn't right. And then he said one night, one night I just believed God. I believe Jesus. And I called out to Jesus and said, "I believe you. So I want that abundant life, that beyond extraordinary life, and I want to be filled with your spirit. Fill me. And he said, he got up, and He just knew something was different. He said, it was changed. It wasn't this incredible, overwhelming, ecstatic feeling. It it just, I I knew, I believed he had faith in God. And by the way, he walked by faith in that moment and not by sight or by feeling. But everything changed. It all changed. And he said, "I, I went from wondering what Christianity was to experiencing the power of God moving in me, rivers of living water, somehow changing everything. And he said, for the next five years, It just didn't end. It kept coming and coming and coming again. And he said, what happened is I began to experience heaven on earth. Now, not because there was this amazing initial feeling, but but because he had the filling of the Holy Spirit. So for him, it was that way. D.L. Moody, I love D.L. Moody. He's one of my favorite people. Uh, uh, A great, great, great pastor who God used to change the world. Uh, What happened is he was in a hotel room and all of a sudden the filling of the Holy Spirit came. And he said, it was so incredible, so powerful that I actually had to cry out to God, stop, stop. Because he thought, I'm, I'm going to die from the incredible joy that's overtaking me. I can't take anymore. And for him, it was incredible feeling and, and it overwhelmed him. By the way, another man named Charles Finney had the same thing happen. He knew he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit so there were some woods not far from his house and he would walk at night and say, what's going on? Father, I want this. Father, it's not happening. Father, I pray for it. And it was night after night, seeking Jesus, seeking God the Father, saying, please fill me with the Holy Spirit. And one night he was out in the woods and he looked up and he said, it happened. I, I, I know, it's real. He walked all the way back to his house, just knowing, just knowing sat down in a chair, and then bam, he got hit with those feelings. Uh, it was kind of a mixture of Chambers' and experience and, and Moody's experience. And he said, what happened is it came upon him in such a way, he said that, that I had to cry out to God, I think I'm going to die from this. It's so powerful. So people get a different experience. And by the way, for me, I've had moments where I just know the feeling has come. And I have times where it, it overwhelms me. And I can't hold back. And so for you, it's it's going to happen in unique ways and different ways because here's why. God is a caring, loving father, a Abba father, a dad who treats all of his children differently according to what we need. So trust him. Trust him in that. Believe him in that. Open up to that. And what you need to do is, is completely surrender to God and then ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. So what are the results that happen? When someone is filled with the Spirit, uh, by the way, what occurs, and let me tell you this, a lot of things happen. So many that we can't cover them all tonight. So I'm going to give you the beginning of the list we're going to go through, and then we'll pick this up next week. But let me give you number one. Number one is this. Everybody who's filled with the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking out about God every single person who's filled with the Holy Spirit will at some point speak out. They'll be speaking out about God. See, that's what's so interesting. The Bible's consistent on this. Let me show you a passage of scripture that I've already showed you. It's Ephesians chapter five, eighteen. Do not get drunk with wine for that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another. Did you see that? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what do you do? You speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. You can't stay silent. You can't stay silent when when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Uh, Luke, Luke was a physician, a doctor in his day, who wrote the book of Luke about Jesus and the book of Acts about the early church. And he talks more about the filling of the Holy Spirit than almost anybody in the Bible. Every single time Luke mentions the filling of the Holy Spirit, people speak. They speak. I want to show you that. Uh, uh, Luke chapter one. Mary is pregnant. She's a virgin. And she's pregnant. In those days, if you got pregnant before you were married, uh, you were you were you very likely could be killed. They might stone you to death. But if if not that, they would ban you from society you'd be canceled, as Abdu Marie said. And Mary's a virgin and she's pregnant. The angel Gabriel said, this is going to be the son of God. And Mary is traveling to see her aunt Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is the wife of a priest. She's more likely than not the person who would attack Mary, the person who would judge Mary. She even had a position where she was allowed to do that. So you can imagine how nervous Mary is going to see her Aunt Elizabeth and, and having to say, I honestly am pregnant, but I didn't have sex with anybody. It's God. It's God. You can imagine how hard that would be, how tense that would be, how, how Mary would be wondering what's going to happen. And then it says in verse, chapter one, verse 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, and Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, the baby in her womb leaped with joy. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And notice what happened. And she cried out. She cried out uh, with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how is it that has happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb with joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken of to her by the Lord. Now here's what's wild. Mary hadn't said a word. Mary hadn't, nobody had told Elizabeth that ahead of time. But when she got there and, and, Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, the Holy Spirit filled her, and she spoke. She cried out. And then she began to encourage Mary. And she began to say, this is God. You don't even have to tell me that. You're the mother of our Lord. You're the mother of the Messiah. This is everything God said he would do. See, here's what happened. She was filled with the Spirit. She spoke to encourage, and she knew things, this gets important later, that no one could possibly know of the wonderful, amazing things that God would be doing. So that happened to Elizabeth. Uh, Then her husband, Zechariah, he had been serving in the temple and an angel appeared to him and said, you're gonna have a son and his name's gonna be John. Now, Zechariah was old. Elizabeth was old. They were past the age that almost anybody would have a child. And and Zechariah, in that moment said, how could this be? And the angel said to him, you're not gonna be able to speak until the day the child's born until he's dedicated, and you'll call his name John, and then, then God will give you a voice. So what happened is Mary leaves Elizabeth and, and Zecharias. And, and she goes back to her, her hometown. And then later on, John the Baptist is born, and now it's time to dedicate him to God. And it says, what happens is they go and they ask Zechariah. they say, what is the child's name gonna be? And his father, Zechariah was filled with the spirit and prophesied saying. Now, to prophesy means he spoke. He spoke out. Uh, he, he was filled with the spirit and he prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord, our God, Lord God of Israel for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. So when Elizabeth filled with the spirit, she speaks and encourages Mary. When Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit, he speaks and proclaims God's word. They both speak. They both speak. Uh, in in uh, Acts chapter two, Luke wrote Acts, Luke wrote Acts. There's 120 people praying for the Holy Spirit to come, asking for God to give them that gift. Jesus told them after he had risen from the dead, he appeared to them and said, I want you to meet together, pray together, because God is going to visit you from on high with power the power of the Holy Spirit. So they believe Jesus. So they believe him. They're seeking after this. They're thirsting for this. And they're they're praying for it to occur. And, And on Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after the resurrection, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to what? I want to, don't miss it. Uh, if you're in the chat, write it in the chat. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what do you do? You speak. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you speak. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit was giving them utterance, the Spirit was telling them what to say. The Spirit was empowering them with the words he wanted them to proclaim. They were filled with the Spirit and speak. It would be a few, maybe weeks or months later, not much longer from when this occurred, that Peter and John, two of the apostles, are in the temple and a miracle occurs. God uses them to, to bring a healing in that moment. And so what happens is the Sanhedrin, which was a Jewish court, that... um had banned Christians from meeting or even speaking about Jesus. Uh, They have them arrested and brought in. Now, Peter was one of the 120 who were filled with the Holy Spirit. But now he's brought before the very council, the very court that had condemned Jesus to death. Violent men who could be vile and hateful, who could with the snap of a finger order their death. And Peter is standing before them and they tell him, You are never to speak the name of Jesus again. And look what happens. It says, Then Peter, who was already filled once, but it will be filled again, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Did you get that? He said to them, When he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he spoke. When he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he said to them. And then he starts talking to them, rulers and elders of the people. And he goes on to proclaim Jesus. See, every time someone's filled, they speak. So I could say this. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I know I'm going to speak. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I know you're going to speak. By the way, Peter goes back with John to the church and says, we were just told never to speak the name of Jesus again. Never to do that again. And look what happens. It says this in Acts uh, 4 verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This This is the second time this has happened to most of them, if not the third or fourth. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. They began to speak the word of God with boldness. So don't miss that. Every single time. So when someone filled with the Holy Spirit, they may proclaim God's word. Uh, they may encourage another Christian, like Elizabeth did Mary. Uh, when I'm filled with the Spirit, I might come to somebody and, and God wants me to lift them up and encourage them with that filling of the Spirit that just came upon me. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you might do that in your own family. Fathers, dads. Man, I hope we have a lot more spirit filled men who are fathers that get filled with the Spirit and lift their children up through words of encouragement and teaching God's Word and praying over your kids, but speaking out when you do it. And to do that with your friends. Do that with your friends. You guys who are single, when you gather together, pray for that filling and start encouraging one another in the Lord. And then another thing, so we can speak proclaiming God's word. We can speak to encourage Christians, or we can speak to proclaim Jesus to people who are not Christians. We call that witnessing or giving a testimony, where you talk about what God's doing in your life and what God wants to do for them. And, and, And the Holy Spirit's filling comes. But here's what I want you to think about with me. Are we filled with the Spirit and then speak? Or do we start to speak and get filled with the Holy Spirit? And I think it's both. I think there are times the Holy Spirit fills you and you speak. And there are other times you start to speak and the Holy Spirit fills you. But you got to speak. You got to speak. So let me tell you this. If you choose not to, if you are not going to encourage somebody, if you're not going to share about Jesus with somebody, then what happens is you'll start quenching the Spirit and grieving the Spirit, and you won't get the filling of the Holy Spirit. So you've got to be willing to speak out. You've got to be willing to proclaim. So the first thing we know is that when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, they always speak. They're always speaking out. Number two, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to know, you're going to be someone who's knowing God's plan. See, it's, Here's this. Here's, don't miss this. When I'm filled with the Spirit, I speak out for God. But when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, God speaks to me or speaks to you, and you're knowing God's plan and knowing what God has for you. Um, I'll give you an example of that. Uh, one time, way, way years ago, Pam and I. Uh, We're doing next generation ministry. Uh, We were young family. Uh, We had, uh, Rich was a a young, young, young boy, our oldest son. Uh, I don't even think we had Tim yet, our our second son. Uh, We were in this incredible youth ministry at a church called Nine Avenue Christian Church. Man, I love that. It was like life like you can't imagine. But again, you know, we were young, didn't have much money, living in a very small condo. And Pam and I were at a, a mall called the Cerritos Mall. And I'm walking in the mall, Pam had gone on a store to try on some clothes or something. And I, I see something that I had almost never seen before live. Now I know most of you would be shocked that this is how old I, uh, this, uh, how many years ago this happened. It was a big screen TV, 55 inches. Nobody had big screen TVs back then. They were so new, so revolutionary, so incredible. And I, I see this one in a store And I walk in and I'm looking at this big screen TV and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not kidding, I really was. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit speaks to me and says, I'm gonna give you one of those. And I'm like, whoa. And I thought, Lord, that would be a dream come true. I mean, we were having kids over at our house all the time, high school students, junior high students, college students, and we would watch our little tiny TV all crowded in the living room. And I honestly wanted it so we could all even have an incredible spirit experience together. I really believe I wasn't being selfish, but I didn't even think I wanted it. You know why? That big screen TV costs more than our car. It was brand new and it cost more than our car. And, and I stood there and the Holy Spirit said, I, I'm gonna give you one of those. And I was like, um, okay, uh, um, Lord, I believe you. I, I mean, that would be incredible. And, and so when Pam came out, uh, came, found me, I, I told her, I said, Pam, I think God told me we're gonna get one of those. And she's looking at me going, we're not buying that. No, I said, no, we're not gonna buy it. God said, he's gonna give it to us as a gift. And she's laughing like, oh, come on. And by the way, it was so big, it would take up her whole living room. <laughs> but uh, it was probably not even a week later, we got a call from Pam's dad. He said, hey, I want to talk to you. And uh, he didn't even know why. But he decided to give us one. Something moved in him. Something touched him. And and Pam, by the way, had, had, has other sisters. And, and And yet he picked out Pam and he picked out me. And he didn't even... And it wasn't something he was in planning on doing. And we got this big screen TV and we would have all these students come over to our house and we would laugh together and, and have fun together and watch sports together and movies together and make memories together. And, and it, it bonded us in that moment. But I'll tell you, we had to crowd together because that TV took almost, almost every single inch. Do you guys know that God is a father who loves to give gifts to his children. He's prepared amazing things for you. And in 1 Corinthians chapter two, it says this. It says, that is what the scriptures mean. Now, I know some of you are having a hard time processing what I said. Some of you are getting it. Others of you are having a hard time processing this. So hang in. What does the Bible mean? What do the scriptures mean when they say, "No eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by the Spirit. See, what happens is God has prepared things that he, he wants to give you because he loves you. Uh, uh, he, back then, he wanted Pam and I to have a big screen TV. I, I know God does that. I've had God do things like that more than once. Where, but here's what happens. Is in most cases for us, the Holy Spirit told us it's coming ahead of time. The Holy Spirit so spoke to us so we could know God's plan for us and we could know what was from Him. And it says, For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. He he comes to me and says, You want to hear a secret? God's gonna give you a big screen TV. And I'm like, Whoa! that's like too good to be true. That's like beyond extraordinary. Oh wait, isn't that what the Bible says happens when you live with God is beyond extraordinary? And it says no one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. God does that. God's that. God's- And it says, and we have received God's Spirit, not the world's spirit. So, why did we get God's Spirit? So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. And when we when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak, notice that it's about Holy Spirit filling. We speak. Words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain the spiritual truths, but to people who aren't spiritual, they can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. See, right now, there are people I know that have a hard time understanding what I'm saying. It's because you don't have the Holy Spirit. You read the Bible. You can't really get it because you don't have the Holy Spirit. By the way, I'm going to challenge you. What if you said, Lord, have your Spirit teach me. Have your spirit reveal things to me. And it says, it all sounds foolish to them, those who don't have Holy Spirit, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. When you become a believer, a born-again believer, by believing in Jesus, trusting in Jesus, committing your life to Jesus, the the Spirit comes to you and He starts giving you the mind of Christ so you see things differently and think differently and experience things differently. And so that's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. And so what happens when this occurs? uh, God begins to do that. Um, I can't give all the details. I I hope I can give you enough to, to catch something there's a particular man I, I've been praying for because I know what's going on in his life and and I'm watching him really in this moment need need to know how God how special he is to God and I, I know he needs a breakthrough the breakthrough that he's been seeking the heart's desire and uh, I got up the other day and I was just a like gosh two days ago and I, I'm with the Lord and I'm reading the word and, and and I'm praying for the filling of the spirit and 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 God begins to speak and said, I'm going to do something for him. And I even wrote it in my journal. I I wrote the guy's name and I said, God, I know you're going to do something for him. Just a little bit later, uh, an email comes to me and and I look at it and it's, it's perfect for this person. It's this do something moment. And I sat there going, oh my goodness. And so I began to interact based on that email and it started happening. And it wasn't for me, it was for him. But it's someone I love, someone I care about, someone I want the best for. And the Holy Spirit said, we're about to do that. Get ready, you're gonna be in on it. God, God started showing me his plan. So because I have the Holy Spirit, I can, I can know God's plan. I'm knowing God's plan. Why? Because God, God, when he fills me with the spirit, I speak. But when I'm filled with the spirit, he speaks to me. Uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in believing. It's in believing in Jesus that happens so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, here's one of the things I want to tell you. In this season, of hopelessness, chaos, that can drain you, get rid of the energy you have, sometimes make you feel like it's not gonna end, the power of the Holy Spirit will give you vitality, life, and hope. And I get up every day, hoping, expecting, believing that God's gonna speak and do something. And then he always does. Sometimes big things, sometimes littler things, but he always does. So here's what happens. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm speaking out for God. When I am filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm knowing God's plan. And number three, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm, gonna, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. Why? Because when I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm led by the Spirit. And when I'm led by the Spirit, I'm only gonna do righteous things. So what happens is this, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, it's easier to do the right thing and it's harder to sin. I'm not saying I can't sin, but when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, it's way harder to sin. Uh, John 16, verse seven says this, Jesus said, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper is the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus termed him. In other words, the Holy Spirit is meant to come and help you. The helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send them to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So when, he's, when I fill out the Holy Spirit, he, can, he convicts me on, on the things I shouldn't do. And it makes it harder to do them. He also convicts me on the things I should do, the righteousness, that do the right thing. And then I I, I do, I find it easier to do that. And it goes concerning sin because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness doing the right thing because I go to the father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world who is Satan has been judged. And by the way, that's something we'll get at later. But when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, man, I know, I know I will win in the battle against that enemy, that thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, Ezekiel, an incredible prophet, thousands of years ago was told about a day that people would be given the gift of the Holy Spirit and receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. And he said this about it. So listen to what the result was supposed to be. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you. See, when you become a believer, you get a a new spirit, a new spirit within you, the Holy Spirit. And I will reprove the heart. uh, I will remove, I'm sorry, not reprove. I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. Wow, look at this, look at this, look at this. Don't miss it. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. When he puts the spirit in me, when he puts the spirit in you, he causes you, he energizes you to walk in God's statutes and God's call and God's commands and in God's, God's principles and God's ways. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Here's what's wild. It's not hard to be a Christian when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not hard. It's a joy. It's easier. It's, it's powerful. It's incredible. But when you're trying to be a Christian without the Spirit or without the filling of the Spirit, it's impossible. And, and it's demoralizing. And it's not fun. But it's, it's really fun. It's really fun when you have that and God wants it for you. He really, really wants that for you. And so that's my dream for you, my desire for you to experience God in that way. And so what you need to know is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's harder to sin and it's easier to do the right thing. Uh, In Galatians 5, verse 16, it says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not. You will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit and you won't sin. Now, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it's gonna be way harder to do it and you're gonna actually have to quench the spirit or grieve the spirit, but it's there for you. That's why for Oswald Chambers, the Christian life became amazing because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he began to want to do the right thing. He began to find it easier to do the right thing, the power to do the right thing. Some of you right now, You're you're this close to having everything God wants for you. You're this close. And what do you need to do? You need to open your heart to Jesus. Remember, it's Jesus said, everyone who believes in me, I'm telling you, it'll be like rivers of living water coming out of you if you believe in me. If you believe in me and it's for you, it's for you. You're this close. What do you need to do? You need to, open up to Jesus. You need to surrender to Jesus. You need to commit your life to Jesus. To the one who loves you so much, he died on the cross for your sins. To the one who knew you before you were ever born, and he loved you then. And he wants everything for you now. I want you to know he loves you. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish and not live a life that you're dying instead of living. And he said, I want you to have this and I don't want the thief to rip you off, to kill you, to destroy you, to tear you down. I want you to live a life beyond extraordinary where you're filled with the Spirit, speaking out in praise, speaking out in joy, having God speak to you so you know God's plan. And where you find it easier to do what's right and harder to do what's wrong. See, there's some of you right now, it's really hard to do the right thing. There's some things you should stop doing, and you're thinking, I I try, but it's too hard. It's too overwhelming. And God goes, then let me help you. Open up your life to me. Open up your heart to me. Commit yourself to me. Let love come in. Let life come in. Let God take over you need to. And how do you do that? The Bible tells you how you do it. There's two steps you take to begin a life with God and a journey with God. The first one is to pray a prayer. And here's what I'm going to do. In a moment, I'm going to lead a prayer of commitment, a prayer of surrender, a prayer of opening up to God. And I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. Something powerful happens when Christians pray together and maybe you're not even a Christian yet, but you could be one if you'd pray this prayer with me together. So maybe you've never, ever opened up your heart to God and I'm gonna ask you to do that. Maybe you're not even sure if it's real, but what if you have just a little bit of faith, enough faith to say, God, I'm gonna give this a try. I'm gonna open up to you. I really, really am. Do you have that much faith? Jesus called it mustard seed faith. Just a little bit of faith gets you there and it can begin at all. But you pray the prayer, you pray the prayer and say yes to Jesus. And I'm gonna leave that prayer in a minute. That's the first step. The next step, Jesus said, is you have to confess him before men. So he said, you gotta gotta be willing to let people know you did this. You gotta be willing to let people know. Uh, You gotta speak out or proclaim this. And so what we wanna do is this. We care about you. We really do care about you. And so if you're gonna pray this prayer with me, and I hope you do either for the first time or to recommit, maybe to come back to God or to get free from something that's, that you can't get away from, something that's got you in bondage. If you're gonna pray this prayer with me, maybe to find healing, to find healing, to find love. Pray, if you're gonna pray this prayer with me, I want you to pray it, but I also want you to text me, amen, to 69922. In other words, in the two sections, 69922 is what you put. That's who you're texting to, and you text the word, Amen. Amen means the truth, it means for real, it means I mean it. I, I, I'm in, I'm in with Jesus. And I'm gonna ask you to text amen, whether it's to pray for the first time or to recommit or to to find a healing in your relationship and life and to have have something bad in your life broken and, and cast aside and put away, or good things come to find out God's love's real and the life beyond extraordinary. Text amen. And by the way, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to text you back. We're going to keep your information private, but we're going to text you back. And and we want you to interact with us. We want to know your name first thing. Why your name matters, because that's you. And so make your name known that you said yes to Jesus. Then we want to know a little bit more about you so we can send you some things to help you get closer to God. Because it's the beginning. It's the beginning. Or or a re-beginning. But it's worth doing. It's worth doing. And it's about connecting to God and and letting us connect with you because you matter. You matter to God. You matter to us. And we want you to know all the wonderful things God has for you. So I'm going to lead the prayer in a moment. If you're a born-again believer, I'm going to ask you to pray for people right now to say yes to Jesus. By the way, today, I prayed for the filling of the Spirit. Then I began to pray for for some people to say yes to him. So you know what, I might not know your name right now, but in my morning time with God, I was praying for you. I was calling out for you. I, I know that for some of you, this is a struggle to do this. For some of you, it's an intellectual battle to let go and say yes to God. For some of you, it's a, a spiritual battle because something's holding on to you or holding you back and I want you free. For some of you, it's a battle against pain. For some, it's fear or depression. For some, it's an addiction. But God is bigger than all of that. And his love is real. This morning, I was praying for you. Most of the day, I've been thinking about you. Not knowing you, but I, it, it, God's got you on my heart. So right now, right now, would you pray this prayer with me? And when you do, would you let me know by texting in? So let's pray that prayer. But before we pray it, let me pray for you. Father, I pray right now for anybody who needs to open up to you for whatever reason there is. But that reason matters because they matter. For some, they've never said yes to you. And I, I'm really sensing there's someone watching right now who intellectually has a hard time believing that, that there could be a God, and yet they, there's something in them that wants there to be. They're having a hard time believing the Bible's true. But now none of those things matter. Because in their heart, in their mind, they know enough to know that you love them. And that love feels good. So I pray they're going to pray this prayer. I pray, Lord, for a couple out there that's married, and this has been a tough time in their marriage. I pray they're both gonna pray this prayer and commit their lives to you and their marriage to you. And their kids, oh, their kids are gonna be blessed when they do this. I pray for not one, but more than one person who there's a a spiritual stronghold that keeps them in a destructive behavior. They're hurting themselves. And one of the people is hurting the people around them. I pray they're gonna pray this prayer. And God, there's a couple of people I know that are out there right now and and they know there's gotta be more. They they hope there's more. And in this moment, they're so close to having it. They would just pray this prayer. So I pray they will. Right now, I'm gonna lead a prayer and I'm gonna ask you to think about the words and pray it with me. Whisper them or, or speak them out. Let's talk to God together and you'll commit your life to him say this, say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. I ask that you forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I ask that you heal me from hurt and pain. I ask that you would free me from anything that's holding me down or holding me back. God, free me, free me, I pray. But most of all, I ask that you will make me yours. You'll make me alive and you'll make me brand new, brand new. So I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours and fill me with your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And if you pray that prayer, don't, don't hold back. Grab your phone, grab your iPad, grab a computer and, and, and text in. Amen. By the way, if you don't have a way to text, then write me at chuck at crossroadschurch.com. To chuck at crossroadschurch.com. Write me and say, Pastor Chuck, I prayed the prayer. Let me know about it. So if you don't have a way to text, then I want you to write me on the email, chuck at crossroadschurch.com. But I'm so excited for you. I'm so ready for these things to happen in your life. And next week, we're going to share even more what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. More things that occur. More things that God wants you to experience.